Welcome to BIV Today, the daily business podcast from the Business in Vancouver newspaper and from BIV.com. I'm Haley Wooden. Today on the show, I'm joined by SFU President Andrew Petter. But first, Business in Vancouver has two Business Excellence Series events coming up, and I hope we get to see you there. On February 21st, we explore the due diligence and valuation involved with buying a business. The panel discussion will feature experts on capital, mergers and acquisitions, and closing deals. And once you've mastered how to buy a business, you can join us on February 28th to learn how to successfully exit business. Our annual Retirement Ready panel will walk through how to retire well, wealthy, and healthy. Both events are in the afternoon at the Shangri-La Hotel. More information is available at BIV.com slash events. Coming up, my interview with SFU President Andrew Petter. You're listening to BIV Today. Simon Fraser University President Andrew Petter is one of 103 new inductees into the Order of Canada. He joined the university as its ninth president in September 2010, and he joins me today to talk about SFU's growth and transformation. Thanks so much for coming on, and congratulations. Well, thank you very much. It's uh, it's a real pleasure to be here, and uh, I must say I didn't expect it, but it's nice to get the recognition through the Order of Canada as well. Yeah, what what does that feel like to be to be recognized at that scale? Because there aren't many people who have been inducted. Uh, well, it it, it feels uh, a little overwhelming, <laughs> um, and very flattering, uh, and very gratifying. Obviously, uh, I, I I love honoring other people as we do at convocation every year. I'm just not used to being honored myself, but uh, it feels good, and uh, I take it because they've really focused on the role I've played in connecting the university to the community, that's a role that we've all played here at SFU. So in many ways, it's its a recognition for a collective effort. That's a nice way of putting it. Now, of course, as you know, there are a number of post-secondary options in the region, each with its own strengths. How would you define the role that SFU plays? Well, I'm glad you asked it that way, actually, because uh, um, part of what I perceived when I became president of SFU was that SFU was a different kind of university and had the potential to really differentiate itself. And I think it's healthy to have institutions that are different from each other because then people have more choice and they can complement each other. So in SFU's case, uh, obviously, the connection that we have to communities is really differentiating. And it's one of the reasons why we came together around a vision uh, as an engaged university. We have three campuses in BC's three largest municipalities. Each one is involved in community building in one way or another and in transforming the uh, the areas in which, uh, in which they're positioned and adding huge value to those areas. And at the same time, the university gets huge benefit back, uh, whether it's our students who are involved in community-based learning or co-op education. Not only do, do they contribute to the community, but they get a huge benefit in what they learn in that kind of educational environment. Um, and similarly, our researchers who are involved in community development or economic uh, initiatives uh, in partnership with business or in partnership with other groups in the community, they get a huge sense of momentum and gratification from that relationship and the community benefits. So this idea of being a university that is not an ivory tower, uh, is is not disconnected from community, although you might think, uh, having been put on top of a mountain originally, that <laughs> that would be that would be the kind of university we'd be. But SFU uh, has fought that uh, over the years, and I think more than any other research university in Canada, 
is a university that sees itself as a contributor to community and as a beneficiary from that contribution. And in downtown Vancouver, we're by far the largest post-secondary presence. And I think it is fair to say the, the Vancouver Sun called us the intellectual heart of the city, that we have helped to um, really keep the downtown area vibrant uh, intellectually, culturally, in other ways. In Surrey, our campus has been the catalyst for the whole transformation of what used to be called Wally into a new Surrey city center, which is emerging as a metropolitan hub uh, for the region. And of course, here in Vancouver, on, on Burnaby Mountain, where we couldn't take the university down to the community, we've done the opposite. We're building a, a whole community on top of the mountain called University. Uh, terrible pun, I know, but there you go with a C, C I T Y. And that community now has over 5,000 residents. It'll grow to over 9,000 in the next uh, few years. And so we're building a, uh, a sustainable community, a model community that has really, uh, I think, distinguished itself too. So a university that's showing how universities can work with community and benefit from that relationship is what really differentiates universities and sets us apart not only locally but nationally. Yeah, there's been a lot of dramatic changes, as you pointed out at SFU. But if looking back over the last eight plus years, you've been president, what would you say are some of the biggest changes you've seen in the university, but also in the communities that the university serves? Well, you know, when I came to SFU, I saw already that the university had the attributes of community engagement, but the university really hadn't brought those together into a vision and consolidated it. So one of the big changes is just the self-awareness within the university now that not only do we do this in all aspects of what we do, education, research, uh, our, our buildings, but that it's something that we see as having value. And I think that's added a lot of impetus to our faculty and, and to our administrators and to our students to do more. Um, so one of the big changes is just that everything now that we do, we think uh, of it through a community lens as well as an academic lens, as well as an education research lens. And what has that resulted in? Well, it's resulted in some major uh, growth in areas that reflect those values. So in downtown Vancouver, we now have the largest business accelerator in Western Canada in Venture Labs. Uh, just recently rated the number one North American university-based business accelerator. And it's creating more jobs than any other uh, business accelerator in BC. And it's using the link to the university and university research and uh, university programming to assist people within the community who are trying to develop businesses, some of whom come from outside the, from within the university and many of whom come from outside the university. We've opened uh, the new Charles Chang Innovation Center which is a graduate student residence in the upper floors, but it provides space for Radius, our, uh, our, our social incubator, in the lower space. And mentioning Charles Chang, Charles Chang has initiated a whole program to give students opportunities to gain entrepreneurship training right across the university. Students in all disciplines can now get that training. So you can see in Vancouver, which, by the way, is about to celebrate its 30th anniversary as Vancouver's downtown campus, that we're, we've seen some major strides, the major steps. We've also um, initiated programming in Indigenous uh, areas that are really significant. So the first um, Aboriginal-focused uh, MBA program 
um, uh, is is offered now in our downtown campus. And we have a First Peoples Accelerator to help Aboriginal businesses and individuals to get off the ground and to succeed. So those kinds of developments, I think, are reflective of an engaged university. They're adding value to downtown Vancouver in that case, and I could give you other examples from Surrey and from Burnaby Mountain, but they're also adding huge value to the university. The province, as well as industry, have been sounding the alarm bell when it comes to the skills and talent shortage that the province is facing. Obviously, academic institutions have a role to play in addressing that, but collectively, how do you think we begin to approach what seems to be a fairly significant shortage at this point? Yeah, no, I, I'm really glad you raised that. It's an issue I've been talking a lot about, uh, the fact that we we uh, have a skill shortage and a, a talent shortage in B.C., um, what it means is there's a huge opportunity if we invest in education and make education a key part of our economic strategy to give opportunities to people from British Columbia to help grow the economy. It can be a win-win. The area where I guess uh, from SFU's point of view, we've really seen some movement, but we want to see more is in Surrey. Uh, Surrey has a huge uh, growing population, a uh, very large young uh, population, indigenous population that has not had the same opportunity to go to university or go to post-secondary education generally as uh, people in other parts of the lower mainland or other parts of the province. So we've been uh, arguing there's a huge need to expand programming in Surrey. And if we do that, we can provide those young people and other uh, others in the area who lack the educational attainment that they need to achieve their potential. We can provide them opportunities and at the same time help grow the economy. Uh, so the exciting thing is this is um, under both the previous uh, provincial government, uh, where we got funding for a new uh, building, an energy, uh, sustainable energy uh, engineering building. And under the current government, where they actually funded the program that's going into that building, we're going to be opening uh, this spring uh, a brand new building that is going to house a new sustainable energy engineering program. It's going to be the first of its kind in Western Canada. It's going to tie in with the province's Clean BC plan and train people who have a view on energy issues that is environmentally informed and will help BC become a leader in clean tech uh, technologies, as well as in how we better make use of fossil fuels and reduce the carbon uh, contribution of those. So that's one way in which uh, we're seeing expansion. It's going to grow our capacity to add to the talent pool and to lessen that talent shortage. And I think if we do more of that, we'd love to see more expansion in Surrey in areas like health innovation, in areas like creative technologies. If we do so, we're going to not only help to grow the economy, but we're going to help a lot of people to achieve their full potential and uh, take a lot of pressure off uh, the uh, social welfare roles and, uh, and, and other and other uh, supports that uh, are required when people don't have the opportunity to achieve their potential in the job market. Mm -hmm. Graduates from that sustainable energy engineering program could uh, very easily, I'm sure, find employment locally. But I also imagine those skills are in demand in other parts of the world, too. So when it comes to retaining graduates and retaining the new skilled talent that we develop here, are there ways in which an institution like SFU can contribute to keeping that pipeline here in Greater Vancouver? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think obviously a lot of that retention is a function of the job market and, and, and what's paid to workers and the kind of opportunities that businesses can provide. It's also a function of the housing market. Um, but there are things that universities can do to try to encourage 
its graduates to uh, find employment locally. Uh, co-op programming at the undergraduate level, and I would say uh, internship programming of the kind that MyTax supports us to provide at the graduate level, I think is critical. If we can put our, put our students into an educational environment where they're not only studying in the classroom, but they're gaining a connection to the workplace through co-op or through internships, they're more likely to develop relationships and want to stay in employment locally. And that indeed is what's happening because we have one of the most extensive co-op programs in Canada. And uh, more and more of our graduate students are involved in internship opportunities where they're making connections to the workplace, finding good employment, good opportunities, getting excited about contributing here. And I guess on the housing front, we're also making a contribution. Uh, it's taken a while but uh, with the support of the province now, we're going to be expanding a student housing significantly. That will help in a small but significant way to take pressure off of the, the general housing market, hopefully loosen things up a little bit for rental housing. We're also, through University, adding significantly to the general housing stock uh, in the region. And so as much as we can, as a university, uh, we're trying to contribute to, uh, to uh, addressing the housing uh, 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 pressures and housing crisis that uh, faces so many, that has been a, a inhibitor to people wanting to locate or stay in, in, in the Metro Vancouver area. The advancements in technology that we're seeing at times, it's, it's dizzying. It's really exciting, but there seems to be a lot going on and the pace of change seems to be so great. And I'm curious whether we're seeing now universities and educational institutions having to innovate when it comes to program delivery to try and keep pace with the world. Uh, you bet. Uh, ed education is, is changing very rapidly and because of uh, information technology, obviously, uh, there's huge need to educate people within the university about those changes and to change ourselves. So one area we've done that is in the area of big data. We, we are, I think, very much a national leader in not only the use of big data, um, but also in understanding its abuse. Uh, it's really important that our students, our faculty, our staff understand the importance of data, how to use it, but also how it can be misused. So we've initiated a program called Key right across the university to train students, faculty, staff, and others on how to access data, how to interpret it, how to differentiate that which is reliable from that which isn't, and how to make the best use of that data. And that's been quite a transformative uh, experience. But we're also changing the way we're delivering programs. Uh, you know, online courses used to be offered as 100% online. Now, increasingly, we see web, the web uh, component of courses being used to replace uh, classroom uh, lecturing, but that frees up time then for more intensive learning opportunities in seminars, in the community, and in more creative and interactive ways. And certainly, uh, we are very much at the forefront of those changes as well. We have a strong teaching and learning center, which is working with faculty to try to help faculty to stay ahead of the curve in some of these new teaching techniques that can help improve the student experience. I think we may have covered some of the concerns that industry may have in the skill shortage as well as housing affordability. But in your conversations with leaders in business and industry, what are some of the themes that you're hearing? Well, I'm hearing what you said, that uh, on the one hand, uh, there is a, a talent shortage that people are concerned. But you know what I hear fairly often, I don't think it's reflected enough in, in the media, is from a lot of business people, as much as they want people who have particular skills and particular disciplinary knowledge, they're still looking for people who have the more general capacities, the creative thinking, good writing skills, 
skills, good communication skills that are associated with a liberal arts education. So one of the things I think SFU does especially well, uh, and it's part of our vision as an engaged university, we give people the hard skills, we give them the work experience, but we also continue to insist that they learn how to think, how to write, how to uh, research. And so they come into employment with those capacities as well. And I think that's important because, as we all know, the jobs that were there five years ago, many of them aren't there today. The jobs that are here today may not be there tomorrow, and yet new jobs will, will emerge. We need to have workers who aren't only equipped to uh, fill the roles that are available today, but are adaptable and can move with the times. And that's uh, very important to business. And when I talk to business leaders, increasingly they tell me that that's important to them to uh, have students who not only are, are, are job ready today, but uh, have the adaptability and creativity and, and skills that will enable them to continue to be job ready tomorrow. That's interesting because you could almost go online now and learn any hard skill, but what you wouldn't get is the softer skills and you also wouldn't necessarily get the connections. And that's why universities are so important, that uh, we, we provide the, the, the ability to uh, cultivate those softer skills, which I think are essential. And it's the combination of the two. You, you need them both. You need to have the kind of hard skills that will equip you to uh, work in a technological world um, and to do the job that needs to be done. But you also need the ability to communicate, to adapt, to, uh, to be a, 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 an active and, uh, and strategic thinker uh, so you can help move things forward for your business or for, your, for, for, for your, your government department if you're working in the public sector. I've read that you're not planning on seeking a third term as president of SFU, but of course you still have about a year and a half to go in your current term. What are your focuses and what are your priorities for the, the 18 months or so ahead? Well, we've got a lot to get done in the next 18 months. Um, we, uh, we are breaking ground on new student residences, so I'm hoping we can make some real headway there. Um, uh, there's uh, more work to be done uh, on, on the Burnaby campus in terms of a new museum project that we were successful in getting uh, funding for from, from a, uh, a, a family foundation. Uh, I am still hopeful that we will get uh, support for a gondola connection that will link Burnaby Mountain with the uh, SkyTrain system. Uh, I don't think uh, you have to be a student at SFU to know that uh, access up and down the mountain, particularly in winter months, can be very difficult. The current route from Production Way to the top of the mountain is one of the least reliable routes that TransLink has. And all the studies show, including one that came out recently, that the most efficient uh, way and the most environmentally sustainable way of getting people up and down the mountain would be a very simple connection by gondola from the uh, SkyTrain station to the top of the mountain. It's being done elsewhere in the world. I remember when CBUS used to be thought of as an innovative and strange <laughs> idea, but uh, a gondola connection is an idea whose time has come. It would also provide, I think, uh, a good alternative way of getting people on and off the mountain in the event of any kind of uh, accidents uh, that would cut off the road or, or weather conditions or, God forbid, a forest fire or other kind of uh, natural disaster. Yeah. Is it realistic to think maybe we might get support in the next 18 months or is this a longer term? Project? I sure hope so. We have uh, <laughs> the federal government has created a green infrastructure fund. This would reduce uh, the carbon output that currently comes from diesel buses. It would contribute buses to the rest of the mayor's plan. And I think it is, as I say, it's, an, it, it's a technology that's been well tested. And we've had studies now for over 10 years, which demonstrated it's by far the best solution 
I think it would be uh, it would be great for the region, would be great uh, for the university and our students, obviously, but I think it would be a real signature that we are a forward-thinking region. We're prepared to, to move forward with technologies that work. This will be the first use of a uh, uh, an urban gondola system in Canada, but it's being done in Colombia, it's being done in Mexico, it's being done in the United States. So we wouldn't be the first to, to utilize this by any means. Um, I just hope we can get on with it because I think it is it is the right time and it would add hugely to the transportation network, not just for us, but for the whole region. It would help to connect us with uh, all parts of the region. And most of the people who come to university or come to Burnaby Mountain do come from right throughout the Metro Vancouver region. Andrew Petter is the President and Vice Chancellor at Simon Fraser University. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Well, thank you. It's been a real pleasure, and uh, I'm looking forward to the next 18 months to see what I can get done. That's it for our show. Thanks for listening to BIV Today. You can get notified of new episodes by subscribing to us on iTunes and Stitcher. You can also find past episodes as well as more business news over at BIV.com. I'm Haley Wooden. Thanks again for listening. 